and welcome back to Cenophiles. Yes, season two, episode one. We are here because what time is it? It's morning in the Sea Nation, and this is the episode one, two, and three discussion for Peacemaker, the new uh, HBO Max series. And welcome back, Mike. It's been a while, um, and we are both repping in our own separate ways the fantastic um, NYC Rippers shirt, uh, art from Lauren Moran, and print in the background from you. Um and yeah, no, uh, Lauren's awesome, and so is Chris. And yeah, hello everybody. Welcome back to Cinephiles. It's been a very long time. It has been, I believe, since our SummerSlam episode, maybe early September. So we've uh, we've gone a few months without this here John Cena film podcast. But hope you guys are all doing well. It's been a pretty eventful few months since we last recorded. Um, a lot of changes in the world and in our lives. Hope everyone's doing well out there in the. Uh, this COVID sequel we're going through. But the great news is that we have more John Cena content to talk about. And I cannot think of an absolute better way to kick off the year than with Peacemaker. Uh, we have a lot of thoughts, lots to say, lots to get through three episodes, uh, just all types of good stuff. Did you know that Cinderella wasn't just a character before this? Because I turn on subtitles the second time around. I'm like, Wait, there's a band called Cinderella? What the? Like, I've learned a lot in the last three episodes, man. I got we got we got a whole lot to talk about in process. Um, yes, and I'm glad so here. But we have a regular recurring segment up. But Mike, can you bring us to Mike Andronico's Wiki Corner? Thought you'd ever ask, Henry. Welcome back to the Wikipedia Corner. Uh, yeah, there are a lot of fun facts about Peacemaker to talk about. My favorite detail about the show. And this, I think, this is pretty well known information, but. Peacemaker was basically a quarantine project for James Gunn. It was just kind of him killing time while in lockdown after he wrapped up Suicide Squad. I believe he started writing it in August 2020, so not uh, not very long ago, and uh, eventually brought it to DC and WB, and he, they figured you know HBO Max was the perfect home for it. Uh, new, new service, needed content, huge audience, uh, and most importantly, would give James Gunn the budget he needed. So that's what they did. Uh, HBO Max ordered it to series in September 2020, was announced around that time, and they were off to the races. So James Gunn wrote all eight episodes, directed five of them. John Cena is a co-executive producer. I'm not sure if that's this is the first time he's had that title, and I'm fairly certain this is his first scripted TV series in the lead role. He's obviously done a lot of TV, mostly hosting things, hosting game shows, things like that, making cameos. Um, but this is the first time being the lead character in a major TV series. Yeah, at least for an American thing. I don't know if that thing he does in the UK series is a TV or not. I have no idea, really. I've yet, that's a, I've kicked that project down the road a lot. Uh, he's on Wipeout. I have, yeah, we haven't, yeah, we haven't, we haven't, uh, we haven't covered Wipeout yet on the show. I don't know if that's, uh, I don't know if we're ready to go down that hole. Or are you smarter than a fifth grader? Um, there's some, there's some element of the C Nation that we're saving for, a rainy day but um yeah so but there is my, a, yeah. sorry i just wanted to chime in even though the, this isn't a, a film this is our first tv series we're covering uh as it's developing uh there is a rotten tomato score for peacemaker as of now with these first three episodes uh it is sitting at a 94 percent on the tomato meter and an 86 percent uh in terms of average audience score so very, very, very strong start. Uh, very, very, uh, very good way to kind of kick out. Uh, and I think that largely, we'll get into it, but I think that lines up with how you and I feel about this show. Um, and yeah, that's a perfect transition. So before we get into you know specific moments and the plot and characters, what are your overall thoughts uh, so far on Peacemaker, Henry? Um, so far, I've, I've watched it twice because that's how I, it's always two things with me. But um, I have... Now watched it, and I think there's a little bit of um, an imbalance. Like, the episode, the imbalance, you can sort of tell that episode one is the James Gunn-directed episode. Um, I don't know. I don't think two and three necessarily are, but I do think that they're a little bit... I mean, he wrote all of them, I believe, but, like, there is a little bit more. Two has some stuff where it's, like, pacing issues, but, like, it gets slow a little bit. But I really like it and i think that um i need to go back and look at our notes um i think we have a spreadsheet somewhere um but i do believe this is our 
this might be a um if the consistency keeps going i think we're on our way to an actual five knuckle shuffle of here on the um scale yeah i am- and it's and it's almost and it's almost unfair because we're comparing this you know tv series to movies but it's our show we make the rules and at the end of the day yeah we're we're comparing you know we're we're ranking john cena's on-screen performances the Suicide Squad, I think, was already his best, and now he's just getting to do that across an entire TV series. So I feel pretty good about where it's going to land in our rankings. Yeah, and it's also like it's it, this is this. We'll get to this in the episode, but this show is doing. I wrote this up uh, for a little site called Tom's Guide. Um, this show is doing for DC what DC's needed, and it's doing what the Marvel shows on Disney Plus have done. Let you better get to know a sort of not that well-defined character like you okay we met wanda maximoff we met the vision but like wanda vision gave them greater depth and there's a certain scene on a certain bed that really i think gives peacemaker the character a really great um the character depth is growing and i'm really happy with where this series is so far um but Mike, if we were to start out this, um, I, I, I gotta say, my first question is, did we need that previously on segment? Because that opening bit in the hospital accomplishes yes. so much so quickly. And oh my God. Every, it's impressive. Yeah, um, that's exactly where I want to start. You know, we're going to be jumping around this episode, different scenes, different episodes, but... God, what a perfect way to set the tone for what Peacemaker is going to be. After we get recapped, obviously, this picks up right after, or f- actually, yeah, after the events of the Suicide Squad, I believe uh, Peacemaker is obviously recovering from his injuries. We think he's he appears to be dead at the end of the Suicide Squad. That clearly is not the case. So he's been in the hospital for what I think is a few years. And right off the bat, just so many hilarious, incredible moments, um, giving us, you know, reestablishing who Peacemaker is. He's waking up, he's in the hospital, he's immediately asking uh, to see his muscle definition <laughs> in the x-rays. Uh, there's an incredible scene with the janitor um, where he's going back name, and forth. By the way, I looked this up, Jamil is the custodian, the actor's name is Rizwan yeah. Manji, and the, 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 you bring that guy in as a, that guy is a veteran, I, I feel like we've seen him in a bunch of stuff, but he helps establish like mm-hmm. Mike, yeah. Let's talk about this. Yeah, he's basically yeah. He's he's almost the uh, the the surrogate for the audience. He's just like you know, Tina's telling him what happened. He's like, oh, what were you put away for? He says superhero shit. Um, and they, there's, <laughs> I love that within five minutes, um, we see John Cena's nude butt, uh, which I believe is maybe maybe the second or third time we've seen that on film. Uh, I know blockers for sure. We got it. I forget if we got it in the suicide squad but i feel like it's becoming just a recurring bit that <laughs> the more john cena's film career progresses it gets weirder the more we see him naked um which is not a bad thing john cena in tidy whiteies is now like also a recurring bit for the cena uh for yeah. maker so it's really there's a lot going on here. Um, <laughs> yeah i, I don't want to move away from the first actual moment because um the nurse or do- the doctor i believe is showing him his x-ray scans and he asks for more definition and clarity in the scan because he wants to see his muscular. Because he, He's not one of those guys who just does a little bit of workout. He does a lot of working out. And she's like, this isn't for your Tinder profile, Christopher. And like to outright have like him just called by his first name is this great mm-hmm. bit where like, yeah, no, you're just you're, you're a guy, dude. Yeah. And I, I don't know why I didn't expect. I don't know. I don't know why I was surprised by this, but I was just. I was taken aback by just the, how much I was laughing throughout the first five, ten minutes. It's like I almost I was like, oh, yes, this is this is James Gunn R-rated doing John Cena. And it was just so perfect. Um, but, yeah, the entire exchange with the janitor, uh, the little <laughs> and I'll, this is a recurring theme. But I, I, I wrote this in my notes. Basically, I had trouble keeping notes for this show because every line was so memorable and hilarious and i would have been just typing the entire time but yeah there's a great comment about aquaman he makes the janitor he was like oh aquaman fucks fish like that's too much like we, um, we hear about a sturgeon like 
if you've yeah. watched it, you know what I'm talking about. But like, yeah, and but also like the, the um, <laughs> Jamil criticizes Peacemaker's physique, saying he's like too bulky to be a superhero, and he gives yep. him like, but like Peacemaker then establishes that he is what you'd call a low information voter because um, he gets his news from Pepe the Frog eighty nine on Facebook. So, like, yes. it's really, there's a lot of, like, getting, establishing, like, what what flavor of himbo Peacemaker, a.k.a. Yeah. Smith is, because you and we, know he's John Cena, so. We learn through the Jatter, like, you know, he has, Jatter makes a comment, he's like, oh, you're the racist superhero, that's what Peacemaker is known for, and then he has this moment of, like, oh, okay, well, uh, I will try to trust white people less in the future, uh, you know, he's, he's trying to be better. Yeah, there's this whole... And we'll get to where it comes from because it's pretty. I think it's, it it gets established pretty well where this whole thing from Chris comes from, but um, like he doesn't re- he has so such little self awareness, which we knew, but he also yeah. we're they're not making him a better person per se, but they're making him a more yeah they're kind of making him a better person like the peacemaker in this versus the peacemaker in the movie you're. And I think a lot of that is, like, the people that you set him up against. And mm-hmm. after we meet um, – actually, we cut to the themes. Uh, is there anything you wanted to say before? Yeah. That? No, that's exactly what I want to talk about is probably the best part of the show, the part that's already kind of gone viral, which is the absolutely incredible musical number intro credits. The band Wigwam, I believe, or Wigwam. Mm-hmm. Do, you, Norwegian. do you – do you – <laughs> the song is Do You Want to Taste It by Wigwam. And uh, incredibly catchy. Yeah, if if you guys, I mean, hopefully you guys are uh, have already watched Peacemaker if you're listening to this. But if you haven't, just check out those opening credits. They're on YouTube. If that doesn't make you want to watch the show, I don't know what to tell you. Again, in terms of setting the, the tone right away, it's, it's so very James Gunn. You've got this cheesy kind of 80s hair metal type song. You've got the entire cast doing this choreographed dance. And it's it's beautiful. I, I love everything about it. Yeah, and in, in this video, you sort of see a bunch of people that you haven't seen yet. You uh, you see Vigilante, you see um, Augie Smith's angry neighbor, Augie Smith being mm-hmm. Christopher's uh, not that dear old dad, as we'll come to realize. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but the next character that we have to talk about is also in the credits, Leota Adebayo, who you may remember yes. as Tasty from Orange is the New Black, uh, played by Danielle Danielle Brooks. Um, we meet her. She has a very relatable sort of opening statement that she expected more from where she is. Um, but she also is hoping that she can get some octopusy. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah, her and her, a great scene. So, yeah, right off the bat, just high level. And a lot of people have been saying this, but I think, you know, Danielle Brooks is definitely the standout performer in this show. Like, obviously, this is the Peacemaker show. It's starring, you know, John Cena is the star. But Leota has been probably my favorite character um she's just been so hilarious and she is kind of the more she's the most grounded character in the show she's just someone who uh is there to do her job she's not uh she's not a uh a a military agent by trade uh obviously she's working for project argus uh and part of this project butterfly uh because as we find out and we're skipping around here but as we find out uh she is amanda waller's daughter uh, which puts her in a really interesting position in this show because she's really just here to kind of do some office work, make some money. She doesn't really – she's not invested in the cause. She doesn't want to kill anyone. But, um, um, you know. I, I, I'm i going to be that guy, okay? Um, so Amanda Waller at one point says, ignore your God-given natural talent. And depending on what the situation that Adebayo's in, it feels like we get a different version of her. I have a sneaking suspicion that she is, um, not, so she's obviously hiding the fact from the gang, as we're going to call them, because everything mm-hmm. basically is, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. That's every television show. Um, but she's sort of hiding the fact that she is sort of like the peacemaker for this show that peacemaker was for the suicide squad. She is like mm-hmm. the backup plan for Waller. But I wonder if, you know when she gives that speech um, to all the her new colleagues in John Cena? In, uh, sorry, we're gonna keep doing that bit. By the way, where I call Peacemaker Cena uh, when she's when they're in. I think people get it. Yeah, when it's it's forever. Um, but when they're in Peacemaker's RV, 
Um, and she gives that little speech introducing with compliments to everybody. Um, mm -hmm. I am partial. I am starting to wonder how much of the autobio that we're meeting is actually like, is she, a, is she like performing as a rube to gain their trust or to not seem sure. Um, I, I'm not there, sure there, there could definitely, yeah, there could definitely be way more to her character, but yeah, at least just, just judging off these, wherever she goes, judging off these first three episodes, I just, I just really loved her character. She's definitely the most hysterical part. Her, her exchanges with everyone, especially um, with Hardcore, Jennifer Holland's character, uh, just them going back and forth in the car, and she's like talking about her dogs, and Hardcore is trying to focus on the mission of finding this butterfly. Uh, yeah, she's just very funny, very relatable. Um, really enjoying her so far, but I think a good a good place to go next because I think this is an important scene is, you know, um, Peacemaker gets out of the hospital and he's supposed to be going to jail, but he finds a way to uh, basically sneak back home to first to his apartment, um, and then yeah, that kind of that that establishes a lot about Peacemaker's character. Uh, we hear him catching up on his voicemails from Vigilante, who we'll talk about later. Uh, the person who thinks he's Peacemaker's best friend. It's not exactly mutual, uh, but a great character. And um, yeah, so after kind of serving four years, he's uh, Peacemaker is back home and the wheels kind of start moving from there. Um, and part of coming back home, I think it's right now to jump to um, his reunion with his dad. Um Robert Patrick here showing up looking like a King of the Hill reject with the tallest hair I've ever seen that man wear. Um, mm -hmm. And we quickly learn, uh, not only because Augie has an American flag car, um, but we learn where Christopher Smith got like this. Not, I mean, he said in Suicide Squad that his dad trained him to be a killing machine from day one, um, not on January 1st, but um, but when Augie Smith says you let somebody shoot you to his son, which is like, considering what we know about Augie Smith, that's not him playing dumb. That's just gaslighting and emotional manipulation 101 right there of like trying to break his son like down. Um, mm -hmm. But the moment that I think you'll really learn about Augie is when he just starts crackling in the laughter when hearing about um, Idris Elba's character being filled into a contained chamber with rats that gave him scars all over his body. That's the yeah. thing that sent him into a very awkward and uncomfortable <laughs> laughing fit. Wow. It was so funny because, yeah, that, that whole scene. So, you know, one of the first big moments, as you're saying, we, we meet Augie Smith, we meet the dad. Clearly a lot of savage. Like, if you thought Peacemaker was racist... Augie Smith, his father makes him look like an absolute saint because right away it's established he's an absolute piece of filth and that only grows, uh, it's only further established through the, the later episodes. Like Henry said, he's got an American flag car. He's watching a fake Infowars. It's called Fact Attack. Same idea. He's he's that person. Real bad dude. Uh, real hateful. Real prejudice. And there's kind of, it starts off as that typical tense, like it's established that they don't have a great relationship. It's very standoffish, very quiet. They're just quietly sitting there eating dinner. And for some reason, as Henry just points out, the bloodshot joke, uh, sorry, the blood sport joke just absolutely sets him off. Not sure why, but it was one of those, I was up, I was hysterical because yeah. I, I didn't expect it at all. Up until then, he's no-selling everything his son is telling him and like completely acting like his son is an, an embarrassment to him. Like the whole vibe of these com this conversation is like, oh, really? That's what you're doing mm -hmm. with your life? Um, and then he calls his son a simp. Like mm -hmm. he's he's all over the map of like really like not respecting his son. And like, but then, so how much did you know about Peacemaker's armor is my big question because we're about to learn something that I had no idea about because my introduction to Peacemaker was the Suicide Squad movie. And Same. Um, and I was very surprised to see Augie open up kind of this underground lair and we see this kind of high tech, like a much more racist bat cave <laughs> of just all these all these different helmets and all this different gear. So, uh, yeah, that was that was very interesting surprise. It turns out uh, there's this whole kind of peacemaker bunk bunker in, in the basement of the, the Smith house. And each of the helmets has powers. 
which yes. is like a very much like I did not know that about this character, which which comes into play by the end of the episode. Yeah. Um, also, also another you know standout moment character I want to talk about is of course Eagly, um, mm-hmm. which is Peacemaker's eagles, literal Peacemaker sidekick, a literal eagle. Um, that's his buddy, kind of the um, what's the Falcon's equivalent? I'm forgetting the name off the top of my head, but much much like Falcon has. Uh, his bird, his bird partner, Peacemaker has Eagly, yeah. and it was this great moment where they're, you know, it's obviously it's a, yeah, it's a CGI eagle, and he opens the garage, eagles there, they're hugging, starts kind of choking him a little bit because it, uh, and it's again, it's one of those one of those signature James Gunn things where he's so great at crafting these, you know, or crafting or adapting kind of the lovable CGI flash animal companion character it was like much like how guardians has groot and suicide squad had king shark uh this show has eagly as just kind of the silent cgi animatronic uh comic relief and um very adorable character that uh comes into play it's in some very funny ways throughout these episodes but like it very quickly we learned that uh cena is a better dad to eagly than augie is to christopher because <laughs> Like, he's like, who's daddy's boy? And, like, Eagly hugs him, which is just, like, as you said, it's sort of, show, but, like, it's most adorable, even though it's kind of awkward, it is adorable that, like, okay, this eagle is hugging a dude. And, like, yeah. I sort of see, e- I-, I can relate to Peacemaker's situation because you learn how to be a good version of uh, do a, do something well by being with somebody who doesn't know how to do that position well. Like, you sort of learn over time from other people's mistakes. But um, then I think the next thing I jump to is um, just sort of the overall. Uh, I think, like, a team. I think it, I think it'd be good to talk yeah. about, like, Argus and just the yeah, actual setup like, of this show. Gang, yeah. Um, yeah. So, so at around, you know, I think shortly after. Uh, oh, yeah. So he gets uh, shortly after coming home. He gets basically uh, picked up by the Project Argus team, many of whom we've seen in the Suicide Squad. So uh, Steve Economos, Agent Hardcourt, um, and we've got some new faces, including Adebayo and uh, I'm forgetting the oh yeah, Clemson Mern. Yeah, who I who I've yeah. I can't yeah no I I don't want to butcher the name, but he was great. I believe Chakwadi Iwuji. Um, who has been in John yeah. Wick 2 and will be in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. So okay. James Gunn met a, fa- a new favorite. Um, yeah. And Clemson Mern is a dude with DC history. Yeah, actually, I actually didn't know. I actually don't know anything Neither about the character. I. So, yeah. <laughs> so, but, uh, but I, I yeah, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about that later, but I have my suspicions about uh, where the character might go. But yeah, basically, you know, Argus comes to him uh, with a proposal because... Peacemaker should be in jail for every, you know, all the crimes he's committed. Uh, and they basically make him a deal. He's like, you can either go to prison or, or you could help us out with this operation called Project Butterfly um, and not have to go to prison and earn your freedom. So, you know, typical Suicide Squad situation all over again, basically. And in these moments, um, Peacemaker does what um, you would do after having seen the Suicide Squad. He says, wait, are we, am I going to have to fight a fucking Mothra? Like, can I yep. jetpack? How am I going to fight a Mothra? Because you, you guys yes. are like literal with your mission names. Like, yep. And it's, like, the way that I think that... That's one of the things I think that John Cena's um, acting strengths is, is that he can commit to the most ludicrous of bits. And I think oh, yeah. a lot of this stems from his background in, what let's just call it, action improv pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. And, like... The fact that he can really sell the fact that he really wants a jetpack, sort of in a childlike way, is that really was, well done. That was one of the major standout moments in my notes, where they're they're just going over the plan, going over Project Butterfly, establishing the plot of the show. And yeah, first it's like he brings up the jetpack thing. They never promised him a jetpack, <laughs> but he's just like, and they're like, they keep saying like, Peacemaker, no, there's no jetpack. He's like, well, my desire for a jetpack remains <laughs> because you got me excited about it. It's just those little bits, and I love that he calls out like. It's, he calls out Project Butterflies, like because Suicide Squad was Project Starfish. He's like, are these just all named after after you know creatures, animals? Um, so lots of funny stuff. But yeah, so that's that's the plot of Peacemaker uh, is that 
he now has to, uh, if he wants to stay out of prison, has to work with Argus again. Uh, this time going after, uh, you know, as part of this operation called Project Butterfly, going after these mysterious sort of uh, extraterrestrial beings who can look human. Um, but yeah, I, I do really, I, I do really love the whole crew they put together for the show. Obviously, we got a little bit of Steve Aggie and Jennifer Holland in the Suicide Squad uh, as kind of a supporting role. But now they're more prominent. We've got Leota, who's great. And uh, we've got Mern, who, who definitely very, very intriguing to see where things go with him. And I think the restaurant scene in this movie did a good job of establishing the dynamic of all of them um, and how they're all them realizing just how <laughs> ridiculous and kind of embarrassing Peacemaker is to be around uh to see where he yeah the sweet the sweet cheeks the thing that peacemaker hammers home over and over again is that he's as misunderstood as he misunderstands the world or maybe Mm. he was just raised wrong um because he thought sweet cheeks means about your cherubic cheeks you know if you gotta pinch me Mm -hmm. he doesn't know that sweet cheeks is about yeeks and like it's really just sort of like um and then and then they're like, what, what are you going to do next? Call her sugar tits? And he, he made a very, yeah, he makes he a really hilarious comment. What sugar tits means to him in terms of it meaning about size. And like, yes. I'm like, I'm staring at this with that full like Britney Spears on um, GIF that you see on Twitter a lot. Like, what? And it's over and over again. The character hammers home the fact that it's, he really doesn't know anything. And this makes the entire group. If we're talking about the Argus mm-hmm. folks, keep saying the same phrase over and over again. Amanda Waller's fucking us. And that's, yeah. I think, the really sort of where the show finds its relatability is it makes us about like, oh, yeah, you're, you have a team at work and you, you no, 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 almost nobody believes in the boss, but we all have to try to do the mission as best we can. It's a very, yeah. it's a, the premise that grounds it all because it's a very over the top nonsensical thing. Um, and somebody we haven't talked about that much, John Economos, that's mm-hmm. not the name that Peacemaker calls him. Peacemaker keeps calling him Die Beard because he believes that Argus is, uh, Economos is dying his beard. And fun fact, we're going to steer it back to Wikipedia because as I learned this morning, that is a real life thing that they turned into a bit for the show. So apparently Steve Aggie or Aggie, I don't know if I'm saying his name right. Steve Aggie did not, was not happy. Steve Agee. Steve Agee was not happy about having to dye his beard for Suicide Squad and then later Peacemaker. So James Gunn literally turned that into an on-screen bit and made it something they referenced, which is so funny. And and really so. They made a rib. There's a literal rib happening. So I love that they worked that into the show. This is this bit is actually a rib. Literally, yeah. And they literally uh, and it comes up multiple times. And then also, I just love the. Uh, I mean, man, there's so many great character dynamics in the show. But the the moments between um, Peacemaker and Economos later on, where he's kind of tending to Peacemaker's wounds. Peacemaker's just giving him so much shit because Economos is kind of the straight man of the group. He's not a fighter. He's not a soldier. He's kind of the technical, tactical guy. Um, but, you know, he gets to do a little more than that later on. But, yeah, I just I, I love that diner scene because, as Henry said, it kind of established, like, they're all kind of in the same boat. They're all stuck working for Waller. No one really loves their job here. They just have to do it. Maybe you can relate to that. I don't know. Maybe but, Project Argus. Yeah. Maybe Project Argus should form a union. Who's to say? But Peacemaker shows up in full gear. And that is the in- moment where like, <laughs> it breaks everybody. Like, wait, is that more? Because, like, um, uh, Hardcore is the one who notices it first. And people are like, wait, why would you dress like that? Why would you yeah. be in a bright red? And he goes, it puts fear in the hearts of. <laughs> and I love that's another very, like, meta thing because it's it, because John Cena has been doing a lot of the press for Peacemaker and Suicide Squad in his Peacemaker attire, which is probably feels very. He's probably very at home doing that as a pro wrestler, but I love his commitment to the character and to the bit, and that kind of extends to this scene where, yeah, yeah, like they're having a planning meeting for work at a diner, but he still has to wear his superhero costume, which is very fitting for this character in this in this show. Um, I think hardcore what- and uh, a, a hardcore and Economos give him shit about his eagle being named Eagly, and they ask him, "What yes. is your name? Do- is your dog named Doggy?" and then. Ag, Kyle goes. What is your daughter named Daughtery? 
which when you look at it, you're like, wait, that's a joke about the band Daughtry. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> yeah, and one, you know, one more, you know, I think one more episode one detail or moment I really want to point out really helps, really helps set the stage for everything to come. So, you know, later on we have uh, Peacemaker and Hardcore at the bar. He's kind of trying and fi- there's obviously some, you know, he's interested in her romantically or at least sexually, at least sexually. Um, so he's, you know, after kind of trying and failing to flirt with her, he's on his own at the bar. sees a lady he could take home. And then we've got um, a pretty gratuitous sex scene uh, to kind of cap this off. Where Cena yells freedom to start it <laughs> off while they're um, against the uh, countertop in the bathroom. If I remember correctly, um, she basically looks like what would happen if, um, for some reason, she kind of reminded me of like if you gave if if she wasn't so um what's her face um indie res um I haven't seen that indie wrestler in forever maybe she got injured um solo darling had like a bigger pronoun- more pronounced mullet but her face had a little bit of solos to it I I sort of recognized her in that. Um, very yeah. very eighties vibe. Yeah, and that and that and her record collection reminds him about that. But all of this is subtly, or qu- maybe not so subtly, depending on what audience is watching this, giving people a lot of um, clues that Peacemaker is not the um, as toxic with his masculinity as you might think. Because when he's at the bar with Hardcore, he says. After he goes, oh, you think I'm handsome? After she slips the word handsome into a statement about how she doesn't care about him. Um, he says, I've been in prison for four years. You're the first no first person. You're, you'd be the first woman that I've slept with. And so, okay, Peacemaker is now canonically bisexual. But later on at this woman's house, he says, you know, this album, this is when music was great. You know, when men were men because they weren't afraid to be women. And mm. like there is like I didn't, yeah there is a lot of like little stuff in this that's like subtly and it, it, we get to it later with vigilante in a moment um where like peacemaker is not his father let's just put it that mm-hmm. way I, I don't think yeah. his father would have been in that bed um, I also I also don't I don't think his father would probably uh, do karaoke with a vibrator uh, which we get to see does <laughs> kind peacemaker of, know yeah. that a magic wand is a is a sexual aid i don't know if he knows that it's not just a stress reliever I he's have- so he's so aloof that I, I could see him thinking that's just like a massage gun or something hmm. um but yeah incredible scene of there, you know there's a lot happening at the end we have to recap every detail um i think there's a moment of peacemaker monologuing about his penis there, there a lot a lot happens in the parking lot very- he's telling autobio it's too big and it, it hurts people. yeah and like yep but just like in Suicide Squad, Cena, um, Peacemaker at this woman's house, or we think she's a woman, um, makes gives us another reminder that the Suicide Squad and James Gunn love to do one thing and one thing only. Put John Cena in a pair of tidy whiteies and have him parade on camera and the camera shooting him almost from looking up from the bottom up. Like, it almost feels like Vor, the angling on his body. Like, it's yeah. very interesting. Um, and yeah, and of course, things are never as they seem. And it turns out this woman uh, is a butterfly. So after they, uh, after after some intercourse, uh, she grabs a knife and attacks him. We've got pretty pretty fun little battle scene, and it all culminates. They you know they pay off what they established at the beginning because as she's uh, they're fighting in the parking lot, and as she's about to lunge at him and kill him, he activates the sonic boom on his helmet, turns her into goop. And that's pretty much the end of episode one. And he says it in like he activates it in like a yelping kind of way. He's like, yeah, it's not like boom or something. And it's like very much like he and that sort of clued me into why we never saw him use those powers in the first place. Like he's not at all. He's not exactly comfortable with like if he was comfortable with what that thing did, he would have went a lot more casually, I feel like. So that was really yes. interesting to me. But the fight scene is incredibly violent and stabby. She pulls out the biggest knife she can find, like cutting the tendons on the, you don't see the tendons, but like cutting the back of his Achilles and like mm-hmm. stabbing him over and over again. And my notes sort of jump back to next. Um, after there's like a, a whole, like we got to save. Yes. Magan, the gore was Pollock level. Uh, James Gunn loves to splatter uh, or make yep. references thereof. Um, but we have a, a whole scene of um, Adebayo and Hardcore saving Peacemaker. Um, and But I don't really have many notes on that. I sort of jumped so, to Peacemaker at home. He, 
But yeah, but before it, just like, yeah, this, I I this was just get to the conversation about Adebayo's dog. That was great. Yeah, that was really fun. Adebayo and, and Hardcore uh, talking about her dog's outfits and Hardcore saying, hey, you know, they don't actually like being in those. They just act like they like it because they want your love. Adebayo's like, I don't know. I think my dog just likes looking smart. Just these mundane details, but also just the immediate aftermath of episode one, you know, uh, Peacemaker on the comms with Hardcore saying like, oh, I hooked up with a chick. I'm not just saying that to make you jealous. Also, he asked he asked Hardcore if she can see him jerking off through his brain implant, which is just the most again establishing how just very aloof and very just the the, the sheer himbo energy of Peacemaker. Yeah. Uh, not the smartest beast. guy. Technology yeah. is a beast. Are the right are the words he said? Yeah, like. not 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 the biggest tech guy, but um, yeah, but yeah. As let's continue to uh, as you said as, as he comes back home. So. Peacemaker is after there's some polite bullying amongst coworkers, everybody's giving him shit because Peacemaker left the dossier on the butterflies out with he he brought it with him on the date to this um butterflies apartment and that's why she attacked him because she figured out what mm-hmm. was going on um which he recounts in a in a little flashback moment um so after getting yelled at by his coworkers also mock he was bullying um Economos again, call, while he's stitching him up, calling him Die Beard. We have a moment of complete vulnerability where Peace. Also, you might remember Peacemaker in Suicide Squad of being very strong and being invul- like not invulnerable, but like the doctor in the beginning of the movie, and sorry, the doctor at the beginning of Peacemaker says, Take it easy on yourself, do your physical therapy, you'll be okay. So every time he's falling out of this building and breaking his limbs, he's like, Ah, oh, Doc said be, uh, and he's like really hurting the entire time. So when he's back home in his in his trailer on his bed, he's crying and yelling on how everybody hates him and how like Rick Flag was right about him. He's saying all this stuff, but he's punching himself while he's doing it and selling every punch. Yeah, really hard. That was a very key moment in the show. It was funny because it was both. It was a moment of vulnerability where we realized, like, wow, he does have remorse for all these things. He's not he's not just this heartless killer. But it was also played so over the top. It was such a campy, like, the way he was crying. And it was just so comedic and campy. So it really accomplished both things at once. Like, oh, yeah, Peacemaker has a heart. But also, <laughs> the show is still just completely ridiculous and over the top. Yeah. And then when um, this is where um, we get our first appearance for Vigilante. Um, yes, we had heard Vigilante <laughs> on the phone, but um, Vigilante shows up at the window, and this mm-hmm. sets, makes uh, Peacemaker very um, nervous about if Vigilante was um, gratifying himself to the image of Peacemaker being so sad. To which mm-hmm. an entire conversation of who's on first, but about Louis C.K.'s sexual um, Louis C.K.'s scandal is done. And the, there's one line of Peacemaker yells, no, Louis C.K. People, showed people his dick. And Vigilante goes, because he's a ginger? And mm-hmm. it's like this entire whole bit about Peacemaker trying to explain the Louis C.K. scandal. But Vigilante has no idea what's going on and mostly just doesn't read, because he, he says he doesn't read the news. And he's yeah. depressing. And the yeah. entire thing is very... Trying to establish, I think, Vigilante as okay. We've got somebody dumber than Peacemaker. We've got yeah, somebody and actually, and it helps Peacemaker seem more not realistic per se, but it, I think it helps ground the character by setting the bar for stupidity even higher than him, lower than him. And speaking of stupidity, I love what that scene leads into, where he eventually convinces Peacemaker to. Uh, he's like, "Oh, I set up some stuff for target practice." Um, and then they just, we have this incredible montage, you know, another great musical montage, James Gunn scene yep. of Peacemaker and Vigilante just going nuts in this little firing range they set up. And it's so delightful and ridiculous. Their, their expressions just do so much and had me cracking up. This is the stuff you would have seen in the trailers. I think that was heavily yeah. pushed in the trailers. But before that, we get another piece of, um, we had a small hardware review, um, of when Vigilante goes, Oh, it's a funny smiley man. Um, when he takes <laughs> off a little lid in, uh, cause now we learn that Peacemaker has a flashlight. Um, yep. but throughout the episode, we also have Adebayo working with this couple, the, and I believe I wrote their last name down or did I not? 
Um, but Autobio is talking to this um, couple who um, Peacemaker unfortunately had to like uh, tie them up and um, you know do I have no I have I don't have their name. I thought I wrote their name um, but no it's basically like and throughout the entire time she's kind of like digging Peacemaker and he's digging her and the husband or boyfriend just hates everything going on mm -hmm. he's like very like even tying him up with um, ooh good. Good note. Um, Magan says, Vigilante with that bow brought me back to Arrow Season 5. I'm like, mm. I, I was saying earlier, Magan, I, I don't know if I, I think I said this before the show, but, like, I think the the Arrowverse fans, like, it. I feel like y'all got robbed a little bit by not having, like, the DCEU integration or, like, a James Gunn-leveled pre prestige director behind this because, like, there's a lot of those. Those kids were not, okay, we're not going to get to the end of the DCEU without the green arrow or the green, like these characters are going to be back in, in sort of maybe how the, who knows, maybe how the defenders are coming back in Marvel. Yeah. Like, I think I was going to say they could definitely, after seeing what Marvel's doing, I think, and especially there's the way less expectations movie. with, yeah, there's oh, no rules. Yeah. They could, they can mix and mingle, but, uh, yeah, no, couple. that's that, that cup. Yeah. Back to the couple there. Uh, they're a very important part of this, this episode and, and, and a very hilarious part of the show. Because yeah, they're the couple that Peacemaker first breaks into their place when he's he's running away from what just happened with the butterfly and, and trying to avoid the police. And at the end, basically, Argus bribes them to um, to frame uh, who we to frame Peacemaker's father as the person they saw and not and make sure Peacemaker doesn't go to prison. Um, there's some great funny moments in the lead up to this uh, in terms of Adebayo bribing them. Uh, where he's like, are you, are you guys, are you trying to bribe me? She's like, no. I and he's like, oh, bummer. <laughs> and she's like, yes, I'm bribing you. She's like, okay, yes. Um, so the lead and the payoff to all that is great because, <laughs> yeah, they're they're playing this constant thread of like the husband's getting jealous and the wife seems very into Peacemaker. <laughs> and then by the end of the episode, we find out that Peacemaker, Vigilante, and the woman had a threesome, uh, which is which is very funny stuff. Uh, and yeah, but the, uh, that's another another key development. In this episode is that. Um, Augie gets framed and sent to prison, uh, which sets up something much bigger because we find out that he is known as the White Dragon, I believe. Am I getting that right? I believe, yes. We have the American Dragon, and now we have the White Dragon. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, and basically, uh, and I looked up a little bit about this. Uh, the White Dragon, um, as you might guess from the name and the fact that people are doing a clan-like salute to him, or a neo-Nazi like salute to him. He, but White Dragon looks like it's basically DC's version of what a Grand Wizard in the Clan is, and um, we sort of referenced this at a certain part of the episode. I think it was that episode, the previous one. But um, uh, Waller says to Adebayo, and because they're talking about him being, because um, Adebayo is like sort of giving a little bit of intel about how the mission's going. And she goes, eh, he's kind of racist, too. And she goes, well, you know who his dad is, right? So the, the, um, the, there seems to be something going on here. Because um, when at uh, the end of episode two, um, Augie Smith is back in prison because they framed him. And he walks up to this um, small black kid who's sitting on a bench. And he goes, that's my seat on Mondays through Fridays from five to seven or something. Mm -hmm. Get up. And then the kid doesn't want to do it at first. But then everybody else in the entire, like jail area it's like looking at he goes okay. okay yep he clearly he clearly has some influence already so it's you know i think it's becoming pretty clear that uh augie's going to be either the main villain or a key villain and you know there's a lot more to him than we than we first realized uh he's not just a yeah. crazy r racist old man um but yeah so that was uh <laughs> i think i want to jump to episode three because yep. the opening of episode three was so incredible. We have the whole crew in the van um, and the back and forth, you know, as with any great John Cena piece of media, there's a pro wrestling reference. Um, the same people who believe that pro wrestling's real don't get, don't believe in climate change. That's not surprising. I believe what Adebayo basically says. Yep. Uh, which is so good. And then also when Peacemaker learns that uh, Adebayo prefers women, um, his mind is just blown by this. He thinks it's like the funniest, coolest thing ever. Um, he says something. <laughs> yeah, he says something uh, like he, Peacemaker loves to make the most over the top word yep. jumbles of like. I think and another, I'm, and I'm not 
it was something about Lixalot or something is what he says right here. Yeah, but yeah. Earlier, we don't have to we yeah. don't have to repeat no, it no, verbatim, no, no, but no. it's but it, it was it, one it, of those moments that kind of took. Yeah, he calls Augie's um, uh, sassy old neighbor. He refers. He makes up a guy named Joe Braggadocio Central, <laughs> and it's one of these things where Peacemaker's gimmick is like re- cre- creating in his head like the most, and then Autobio resp- retorts to him by saying, "I know you're from the the Wisconsin." roided up and he goes i'm not even from milwaukee and like, <laughs> he's just the most massive himbo and i love it yeah. and that's that's why him and autobio are, are just work so well together um but yeah the, and, you know this is where we this is where um this this episode is definitely where the show gets a little bit darker and more serious because we get their first big mission where they basically oh, have to I'm sorry, assassinate we, we can't jump yeah, yeah, past the, the, <laughs> the van the van getting to the it's there's so much good shit in this it's good shit in this van um because this is where peacemaker tells Adebayo and the rest of the group that um he uh his he has a brother or is it a cousin he talks about I some, forget some fa- uh, some sibling or whatever talking to him about there's not just regular children who are born normally there are also butt babies who are worse in every way <laughs> yes the butt babies oh my god they're looking at this photo of the um senator who they're going to kill because yep, of global yep. warming uh, um but like one of the kids looks very children of the corn and the other kid kind of looks uh, iffy um, not that I can talk, but um, you know, it's like the other kid like sort of looks like somebody did a Photoshop routine on somebody's face, and mm-hmm. like throughout this whole process, like everybody is not getting along, and then Autobio, yeah, she doesn't know the thing that I think a lot of people learn about the reason, the thing that the um her wife come Autobio's wife comes up because of a WhatsApp setting, and I think this is a yes. genius plot device that WhatsApp automatically saves photos that are sent to you into your camera roll. Mm-hmm. And like when I, when I, I'm like, oh, I remember hating that too. Yeah, that's like okay, good story, good story. But yeah, the... with modern stuff. And then we get we're out of the van, and then we're basically tracking this family, the Goffs, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, we're tracking the Goff family. A lot of a lot of good like a lot of good character development stuff. We get a lot of good back and forth between Peacemaker and Hardcore here. Um, but yeah, they've been tasked with killing this senator and his family, uh, and when it comes to another pivotal kind of establishing moment is that Peacemaker has the shot. He's being asked to fire and he can't do it, but you know who can, and who's an even bigger piece of trash vigilante. It, Cause I mean, like a lot of this might be because Peacemaker's baggage about killing families, but like a lot of it isn't made any better by the fact that they're referring to them as mama bear, papa bear and baby bear because the yeah. of Berenstein bears has come up and, and, and yes, chat and <laughs> because James Gunn loves to use memes because I think like it's the one thing like he might have not been able to do in Guardians. Like he's yep, gonna yep. make every modern day conversation. Like I won't be surprised if by the end of the series we have is a hot dog a sandwich a debate in this show. And is it because because it was there that was there was like a mundane debate between I think Economos and yeah, one of the other Economos members about um, Adebayo are just like yeah. no, it's Berenstein not Berenstein Ber- it's not like that, Berenstein that yeah. Whole, that whole debate on the internet is transposed into the scene, and that gives the Goff family the bear nicknames of Papa Bear. Yeah, yeah. I I do want to yeah, and I, I do want to pause on that see, you know pause on that moment a little more because you know obviously it's established right before uh, they get they start shooting at them. It's established they're like, oh okay, these people are butterflies, like they're not human. So you see, you know, Vigilante starts taking the shot. He takes the wife out, which you which you visually see. And then he takes the kids out, which you only know because they say it over comms, like yeah. blah blah blah, bear down. Uh, which baby was like down, even yeah. yeah, baby. Which we obviously at this point we know they're not human, but it was still a very dark scene because he's still shooting at what appear to be children. Table, like yeah. But there's one problem: they're not able to take out Papa Papa Bear in time. So Goff, because you know, escapes. Judo Master shows up, who we haven't talked yes. about yet. Oh, freaking Judo Master! Yeah, what the, the diminutive. Hell is this kid? Yeah. Like yes, uh, who yeah. about this? Like I watching this, I thought he was going to be the alien. Yes, so yes, Judo Master, who's uh, basically Goff's bodyguard and appears to be a child, uh, very, very, uh, at least a very diminutive person. So he stops uh, Vigilante from taking the final shot. We get you know 
bunch of superhero combat between all the all the super people, uh, which which leads to some fun stuff. And um, yeah, one thing leads to another. Uh, a lot of a lot of action here. We end up, uh, I believe, Vigilante and Peacemaker go after Goth, but they end up getting trapped and held hostage. Uh, which leads to some fun scenes where you realize like <laughs> Peacemaker does not care about Vigilante that much and he's willing to sell him out because he's Vigilante is literally getting tortured at this point. They try a he like um Goff tries to rip off one of his toes with pliers. It's like Yeah. And Vigilante uh, by the end of it is like I mean he's being a pro about like not giving in to torture. Like he's mm-hmm. doing what the industry and he's like he wants to be peacemaker so bad, so he this is his big shot. But like he says at the end of that whole thing, he only got about half my toe off. Which is like yep. ah, ah and it, it, okay. They also bring up the whole um Vigilante believes that without your pinky toe you fall over. <laughs> and peacemaker yeah. like, I don't know if that's I don't think that's real. And it's like, okay, let's just find out why don't we? <laughs> yeah um but lo- yeah luckily uh you know the rest of the argus crew is able to get into the goth house they're able to they're able to uh they give smith the chance to free himself and i forget bio tries to blow up a wall but thinks she has to lick the thing first yeah and- oh my god yes <laughs> yeah she thinks it's like an envelope where this has built-in adhesive this explosive you don't have to lick it you have to just, just again layer of stickering or like that yeah little, like piece of paper that you have on stickers it's one of those great moments has a, there is nothing that every scene has a joke there is yeah no, no lack of bits in this show but there's also, no wasted time yeah, yeah before this um when they're doing their um training the guns on everybody um Harcourt and Cena share this weird little moment where he like hands her like a drink of water and then she, mm-hmm. earlier she gives him trail mix but then he puts the pretzels back in the bag of trail mix and says those are just empty calories. <laughs> yeah, which feels very which feels very meta. I feel like that's just John Cena and not even Peacemaker, but I love it. Yeah, and it's like these are bug people, but yeah, mm-hmm. Geo Master and Autobio is has a moment of having to have a moral debate because there's a um, bodyguard for the Goths. Mm-hmm. Oh, kill him. and uh, hardcore is yelling, kill him. He knows we're here, but she's like, but he's not a bad. And he goes, but hardcore, it doesn't matter if he's a bad guy or not. This is the mission. And Adebayo in this moment is doing this thing that make me think my conspiracy theory. Adebayo is wrong. Mm. So it's this whole moment of like, actually um, she has never killed a person before and she doesn't do it now because hardcore does it. Um, mm-hmm. And then peacemaker and um, judo master. I have a question. Is the yeah. peacemaker and judo master stuff before um, economos and judo master? Yeah, I believe that's, that happens. That happens. How it goes. Yeah, they have their scrap, and I forget how Judo Master gets away, but... Well, he yeah, leaves, but... I think, because, like, Judo Master is flicking Cheetos at his face, and yes, like, yep. Peacemaker is talking to Judo Master about how Wookiees have teeth in their assholes, and yes, it's very which, weird. Yeah. But then, later on, when Judo Master tries to escape in a mm-hmm. car, fucking, guy almost runs the car over, and then... Judo Master tries to get up, and Economos keeps braining him with a crowbar. And it, and it, and it was and a great, was, yeah. It was a great moment because it was a sta- Obviously, we know Economos is not a fighter. His, his he was basically the last line of defense. It was his job to just kind of guard the van. And he once he sees uh, Judo Master coming on the cameras, he's like, "Oh shit!" Like I have to actually do something. So it was a great moment for him, like actually have to having to get involved with the action. Um, and yeah, he he was you know he 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 bashed Judo Master a few times. Was still conscious. He's like, oh oh damn it. He did not enjoy doing this, but he did it. So I don't know if I don't know if Judo Master is dead. I don't think he is. I think he's just incapacitated. Possibly, maybe he'll switch sides. We'll see. Yeah. Um, but that was a very cool moment for Economos, who is the least kind of you know the least intimidating. Or I guess him and Adebayo both. But he's definitely not uh, not no, the guy you I put think out in the field. Economos is the least intimidating. Yeah, because like Adebayo he's, has like has rattled off her bona fides about um, combat training. To which yes, um, hardcore is like that's kindergarten shit. Um, yeah, but like Economos, who like seriously, he's a desk. Ju- he's a he's a genius with the computer. He was able to change the fingerprints. Mm-hmm. And all sorts of weird stuff. I think it's just because of what yeah. the database entry said about uh, seeing yes. fingerprints. But um, yeah, the wall blows up uh, because hardcore um, Mur Mern 
Yeah, I'm, I'm never I'm, Mur versus Mun versus Mur is three. Oh, yeah, three similar. Um, but Mur blows up the wall. Mur blows up the wall, knocks himself back because he does that cliche thing of, oh, this isn't working. I should go check on it, and then boom. Um, and then they free, and then Peacemaker and Goff fight, but it's not really Goff, is it? Because no, because well, yeah, I forget exactly what what I happens think here, but the gun. And he shoots yes. him in the face. Yep. Um, but then uh, a a butterfly-like creature quickly emerges from uh, from Goff's bloody corpse, and I think that's how the episode ends. Um, so butterfly is something that Cena says. Like it's yes. But also, like that's the moment where like Adrian. We learn that that's the other thing we learn. Vigilante sees face, and Vigilante is full goober here. He's like making yeah. weird faces. So like, oh no, he won't be able to tell me in a lineup. If so I many, so face. many. So many good moments. Vigilante's so good. And he, like, uh, Peacemaker knew a Vigilante's older brother. He goes, wait, mm-hmm. were you so-and-so's younger brother, the one who kept playing D&D? Oh, you've toned out. You've gotten in good shape. And, like, oh. yeah. <laughs> and, like it's very much, like, mutual himbo yeah. love. It's and, it's good um, stuff. Damn it. Um, But, yeah, Adrian is the guy's real name. He's a good kid, it seems like. Um, If not just dumber than a bag of Peacemakers. Uh, but that's the ending of the episode. And, um... I looked it up in our um, spreadsheet, and yeah, previously, The Suicide Squad was our highest rated Cenophiles mm-hmm. edition at 4.75 Knuckles, and I think that if we continue on this path of, I don't know if I want, I, I don't think averaging the episodes out is, I think just seeing them all as one. What, no, I think, yeah, I think, yeah, I think what we're going to do for those, yeah, for those that'll be keeping up, you know, we're going to be, we're, we're going to be doing recap episodes uh, for all the episodes that are coming out. And then probably for the finale, we'll kind of review this series as a whole and put it up against the movies. Um, but yeah, I agree. I mean, granted, you know, this is only the first three episodes. We have five more to go. We'll see where, we'll see where things go. But um, I think this, this is well on its way to, you know, being the best thing John Cena has done as an actor, honestly. I mean, it's it's again, it, he has it's he has the unfair advantage of being a TV show with him as the lead. We're getting pretty much eight hours of this, which is incredible. Um, but yeah, I mean, we already it, it, as we talked about during our Suicide Squad episode. I mean that that was his best performance, I think, as an actor. And now he's getting to delve even deeper into that character, um, be even funnier, be even you know, explore the darker sides, the vulnerable sides, and. Yeah, I don't know. I'm having a blast with the show so far. Just just for some closing thoughts, like, you know, the first three episodes obviously dropped all at once on Thursday, and I blew through them all. They all went by really quick, and I'm someone who, like, even for stuff I like, watching TV can be a bit of a chore. So even for shows that your friends recommend to you that you still haven't watched, watching TV is a chore for Mike. Um, not sure. I don't know. I don't know. What, I don't know what you're talking about there. I watch no, I mean, everything. I, 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 I mean, Wonder Woman has a lasso of truth that you've seen, but other lassos you haven't. But um. I think that, yeah, um, I was watching the first three episodes kind of, like, on my phone en route to pick up the um, Xbox Series X, and I was, like, just really enjoying it, and, like, I gotta say, if you have, if you're watching this show on HBO Max, which I assume most people aren't pirating this, um, there's so much more to watch. This is, like, just the me doing my own job routine. Make the most of that $15 or $10 if you have the ad-supported version that you're spending. Mm-hmm. Because right now, um, okay, watch all three seasons of Succession. Watch freaking Euphoria if you have if you can. It's it's a little bit much for some for a lot of people, but it's pretty darn good. Uh, Righteous Gemstones is really funny. Station Eleven is freaking amazing. Like this is HBO Max getting into the superhero TV show gimmick though is like them fighting Disney Plus on Disney Plus's own territory, but making their own version of it because this is a nudity and cursing filled show. I don't think and, any episode, save for maybe the third episode, that doesn't have nudity. Like, and I, I wanted to mention. I mean, granted, it's kind of apples to oranges. Like, you know me, huge Marvel fan, huge MCU fan. I so far, I think I'm enjoying the show more than most of the recent Marvel shows that dropped last year. And granted, it's very different in tone. It's very easy to watch because it's so comedic. But as much as I loved Hawkeye and, and really enjoyed the others, like I am just so into the show. It might it might be like my favorite superhero show in a while, depending on how it shakes out. That's the thing. Like it's 
I, we have an unfair advantage because it has John Cena. And yes, and we have, we have a huge bias but, for that yeah. reason alone. But, but it's like, legitimately good too. If you look at the other Disney Plus shows, um, yeah, because I think we're we're less compare in a way we're going to be less comparing this show to the Cena movies, although we will. And yes, Doom Patrol. That's on my list. I've got to watch Doom Patrol. I know that. Um, same, same. So um, the thing is, against if we do this in chronological order, Peacemaker first three episodes versus WandaVision's first three episodes. That's apples and pineapples, but I did feel like I was eating my vegetables by watching that freaking I Love Lucy nonsense. Like, I still don't... I did, I did love the sitcom stuff in WandaVision. In a way, but, yes, but it also felt like, okay, when is but it was, something But it was else? a much... Right, much... Obviously, yeah, like you said, two very apples different shows, but much... Yeah, um, yeah but I, I think the main point is just like... Peacemaker just immediately sucks you in because the first scene is so hysterical. It, we don't we're we're getting inst- hilarious comedy off the bat. Before long, we're getting in- the incredible over the you know super violence that <laughs> James Gunn is also very good at. We have musical numbers. It's just it's constantly firing, and it also seems like even though it's this very hilarious and very violent show, it actually is going to explore Peacemaker as a car- character. There are is going to be some darker stuff. So I'm super on board so far. Like yeah, it's. It's very much a different sort of show than all those Disney shows, but it, I I think the thing on Doom Patrol and all those shows are they're good. Like I love Harley freaking Quinn. If you haven't watched Harley Quinn yet and you have HBO Max, watch Harley Quinn. But like, because mm-hmm. that is I think one of the biggest um I don't say similarities, but I actually think that's the closest thing to the Peacemaker show that we've gotten so far. In like, I agree. Because it, 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 they're both sort of this vulgar yet emotional thing. And, like, I, I'm i just curious to see where this goes from here. But, like, it beats Falcon and Winter Soldier right now, episode for episode. Like, mostly mm-hmm. because Falcon and Winter Soldier tr- bit off a lot. And I, I watched it again a second time. That show is great for parents. Like, I still don't think they own... I don't think they earn the ending of that show. Like, I don't think they do yeah. enough to... Like, and, and eagle, I mean, Eagly versus Red Wing. There's really no comparison. No, Eagly eats Red Wing's milkshakes. But um, yeah. Also, oh, that was the other thing. Okay, so Augie Smith has had possession of Eagly for how long? Right. That's a good question. Is that why Eagly was so um, not polite to Adebayo? Did Augie train that man? Be racist. I am. I have a. The bird. You know what? The that the bird may be racist. Uh, it will. We'll have to see how things shake out. I think that's going to be a bit. Yeah, Mike. Neither of us. Yeah, Magan. Neither Mike nor I will sleep on Doom Patrol. We've got to go through it. We will. Um. The. I mean, I'm looking. I. I'm not looking for new shows. Um. I have a. I have a watch list that's um longer than anything right now, but um I am putting right now. I'm going to my watch list. I am putting a Doom Patrol in. Um, in what I call the or the, the second tier, um, it's um, it has good company. It ha- is um, next to leftovers and justified. Um, the tier one is shows that I have a more immediate urgency. Better Call Saul, which is has its final season coming up, and Formula One Drive to Survive. And I think there's a new season of that coming up soon too. Um, and leftovers and justified. It's like I do know that Doom Patrol is good. If like it just I think Marvel broke me in a way, Mike. I don't know if it, you have any thoughts about this, but like a lot of the like, it's great that those shows exist on their own and they're their own thing. But like, Marvel has this cheat code of saying, "Oh, this show ties into that, so you're gonna want to make sure you watch it." It's it's almost an of, it's almost an obligation. Yeah, it makes it a higher priority, and that's a cheat code I think for Marvel in a way. And like, mm. I wish it weren't that way, but yeah, I think it's probably no, it's... why I've not given the um. Why I have not given the Arrowverse that much of a chance, and why I have not given um, other things like the fair shake that they deserve. So I'm mm. curious to see how those shows shake out when I eventually get to them. But I've also just always had a problem with CW shows being seemingly they were more about casting the prettiest people and not about any like it. That sort of seemed like their priority over. But you know, anyways, this was Cenophiles episode two hundred one. We will be back, I believe. Um, Mike. Um. I was like, Mr. Janella had a uh, miss. He misspoke, I think, last week, uh, last night. He said, "We'll see. I'll see you, Jeff Jarrett, on Saturday." Um, no, we're gonna be busy on Sunday night next weekend. But I do think now that we've gotten our streaming situation figured out, 
Um, actually, no. It's safe. Sunday, safe. Sunday I think it's safe to better. say, yeah. I think Sunday, is, I, I just remembered something I booked for Sunday. So I think I think Saturday, Sunday at around this time. And only yeah, you guys. Uh, but we'll I think follow it's, us on social media. We'll make yes, an announcement there. That's what I meant to say. I was getting ahead of myself, but I'm just trying to make sure that uh, we leave people knowing that we do plan to come back for episode four recap and review. Um, but thank you all again for your time today. And um, if you're listening to us here, know that you can also watch episodes not live because we do post episodes on Spotify and YouTube and all the fa- oh, sorry, we post video episodes to YouTube and we post audio only podcast versions on all your favorite podcatcher applications. Um, I'm going to go make a little art graphic for the episode after I move a bunch of stuff. Also, just one uh, pre-announcement. Uh, I don't think it's public yet, but we have a Discord. We're building that. Yep, we're so stay tuned to our socials. We'll, we'll blast that out if you guys want to join. Uh, I definitely want to use that just for some fun stuff. We could post our rankings there. We could just have some spoiler discussions about yep. everything we're watching. Maybe maybe try and do – I would love to do like some fun interactive stuff down the line. Yeah. Um, so definitely join our discord if, uh, once yeah, we post once it, we post, we're still working on it. Um, but if you want a, a place to, to talk all things, John Cena, yeah. uh, cinematic universe. Also, um, I, I think we can't go by, let's episode go by without talking about an upcoming Cena project, which I don't know if his involvement had already been pre-announced, but his co-star has now been officially added. Um, the taken, yeah, director, what a taken director, Pierre Morel is working on an action comedy starring one John Cena and another Titan of the Squared Circle. Zoya the Destroyer herself, Alison Brie. Like, yeah, that's an, all, that's an all-star pandered, lineup. Yeah, if y'all thought I felt pandered to when Glow came out, okay, Mike, do you want me to replace Ted Lasso with Glow for the show I bully you to watch? Because I can switch that up because you need well, to get Glow in. Um, yeah, we'll see. I'll, I'll get there. Yeah. I will talk to all of y'all later, and I'm going to talk to Mike after we get off the air. So I will have a great week. Mike, you have anything, any, any projects? I know there's a ghost tour happening these days. Oh, yeah, yeah. I talk to the people about. Yeah, I guess I, it's been that long since we've recorded. Um, but yeah, as you, you, obviously, you can follow us all on our socials. That Those should all be all over. But uh, I also have a music, music project called Ghost Tour. Just look up Ghost Tour on all your favorite music services. We're also uh, at Ghost Tour Rocks on Instagram and Twitter and at ghost underscore tour on TikTok. Um, you, if you follow me on socials, you'll find it. I post my stuff everywhere. Uh, but yeah, if you want to check out my music, that's there. Otherwise, me and Henry are all over the internet. You really can't miss us for better or for worse. And uh, yeah, thank you guys as always for listening. It's good, good to be back. Because remember, you can stream him, but should you? <laughs>